Hello, everybody. Welcome to On the Home Front. My name is John Murphy. Very happy to be sharing some time with you here. You might be catching us live right now on WILI AM 1400 or 95.3 FM, or you could be catching us on YouTube. The radio station has a YouTube channel where all of our shows are available anytime, so we have a chance for you to get to know our guests. Even if you don't catch us live, the shows are always there to get the news out. So we're really happy to have you here with us. We have another busy show today in three sections. We're going to close later on with Kathy Shires from the Wyndham Regional Arts Council with a year in review and they have a very special music event coming up soon. Uh, in, the, in the second segment we're going to speak with Cynthia Van Zelm from the Mansfield Downtown Partnership. They have a special meeting next week on Tuesday, December 5th about creating a cultural district in Mansfield stores which is a kind of a form of economics and arts economy together that can be organized collectively as a way to develop the arts and scenes. So we'll be talking with that effort. They have another meeting in January as well to plan ahead for the next two years. And we're going to open out with a look at the Swift Waters Artisans Co-op right here on Main Street, Willimantic. I'm very happy to be sitting next to Pat Miller. She's an artist, a wonderful photographer. She's one of the founders of Swift Waters. And they've been here for almost 20 years now. It's a very interesting economic model of cooperative economics combined with art. And I've had Pat on the show a couple of times over the years. It's great to have you back in the studio. Well, thank you, John. It's really nice to be here and we appreciate your inviting us back. And also with us today we have Robin Ritz. She's also an artist and a musician. She's a new member at the co-op and we're going to talk with Robin about her work as well. Good to have you in the house, Robin. Thank you. Likewise, John. It's a pleasure. Okay. So one good starting part, people are still learning as they walk by what the Swift Waters is. It's a co-op and that's something people are still unaware of what that means and that's the heart of why Pat is here is how this is a different way to do business and to combine your art. So could you give us some history of how this whole thing started and how people tried to find a new way to work with money? <laughs> or the lack of it. Uh, indeed. Well, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. inspiration, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. we, as, as John said, we got started about 20 years ago and um, as, uh, as a pop-up holiday shop up the street here, um, that was organized in large part by Jean Desmay. It was kind of an, an experiment to see what kind of interest there was locally in um, having a place for artists and artisans to sell their work. And of course, it's, it is not an easy thing selling your work. No. Um, so uh, it was wildly popular. People were actually lined out the door to get in to shop originally to get in to say, I want to be part of it, and then to get in to shop. So we evolved from there. We've been in a couple of different spots on Main Street. Mm -hmm. And um, the current one we've been in uh, uh, around 10 years, I think. Um, it was in the Wame building at 866 Main Street. Um, it's uh, between Bank and Walnut for locals, and yep. on the opposite side of the street from the uh, post office. Right. So we wanted to use a co-op, a cooperative model. And what that means is that the, the members own the business. So the artists who participate in this pay a membership fee to join, and then we do everything. We're the staff. We certainly show our work, uh, but we have no employees. It's it's us. We're there doing it. And kind of um, like a sweat equity thing, right? Indeed, exactly. indeed. And we we do the cleaning. We do we do everything. Um, so it's it it was we were helped along the way by the food co-op which is even older than we are, way sure. older than we are, That's about right. twice as old. Uh, and they introduced us to co-op models and um, how, to, how to do business that way. They were a real inspiration and very helpful to us. Our model is a, a little different from theirs, but we want to make sure that people understand that you don't have to be a member of anything to come shop at the co-op. 
at Swift Waters. I know you. You know, like even after all these years, you know, people still think that way. That yeah. well, I'm not a member, so I'm not welcome. Or right. I don't, right. That's really important. And also, you know, the, uh, I think this is a good time to bring in Robin, because she's been a member a couple of years now, fairly new. Although you've been doing your work, I guess, over 20 years with your art. Uh, what what was it that made you decide you wanted to join? Because you've been doing your own work for a while. So what was the draw to become a member for you? So I did want to be part of the artist community. And so it was my husband, Jose, that encouraged me to be brave about it. I think a lot of artists have a fear of being seen. Yeah. And um, sure. it's, it's almost overwhelmingly paralyzing. But... I got to a point where there was no more wall space left in my own home. <laughs> it was cheaper than storage. <laughs> and so, Time but it, yeah, yeah. So it was, I mean, you know, certainly his encouragement and just knowing that they had been in operation for so long that they right. were a true entity and something that I knew I'd be proud to be yep. a part of. And so it was easy once I got up the courage to do it that I wanted to be a part of it. Right. Yeah. We know during the year we have many people coming out from different arts councils or guilds, and the members may have a couple of shows a year, and they don't have that many opportunities to show. So a, a, like a co-op is another way to connect your home studio to a marketplace that's there all the time, not just for a weekend, inside, not outside. And you can help pay for it and save money by being part of it. And I guess that's part of the challenge is getting people to realize how simple it is, not how complicated. Right. right? It is simple. Right. Yes. Yep. We pay a membership fee mm -hmm. um, to join. Um, and then we each pay a monthly fee. Uh, and we each work eight hours a month or the equivalent. Um, and that means that we can reduce the amount of commission that, that the shop takes for work because ordinarily at this point um, most galleries or other places that sell artists work charge between 40 and 50 percent ordinarily. Is that pretty for, common these for days? Commission, yes. So, so you have to realize, you know, these places where you go, half of that revenue is going to the place that's hosting the event kind of thing. Maybe it's a fundraiser sometimes, but that's the gallery business. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, they, they have expenses and sure. we have expenses. So um, we, we pay rent to Wayne for the space um, and we need to cover all of that sort of thing. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good way to have... Uh, to be able to sell your work and to do it with other artists. You know, it becomes a, an artist's community. Um, and we have a wide range of things for, we, we say, we make beautiful things for you, and we really do. <laughs> All kinds of beautiful things from uh, pottery, jewelry, um, uh, wood, wood, wooden things like pull toys and rocking horses for kids. We have books, we have prints, we have a lot of fabric uh, pieces, weaving and knitting, um, and much more than that. So we are really uh, encouraging people to come in and have a look. And, you know, part of why we're doing it now is that it is a holiday season, and we don't want to pander to all the commercial products going out there, but when people are celebrating their culture in some way, keeping your money local in some way is always a good thing. Wherever you go, if you keep it local, it's going to help the whole foundation of the economy. And, you know, one thing I wanted to ask Robin, too, we have a few more minutes, by the way. If you're listening to us on the radio, we're speaking today with Pat Miller and Robin Ritz about the Swiftwater Artisans Co-op. Uh, Tell us about your work in multimedia a little bit in terms of the work you do that you have at the gallery. And also, you're a musician. We'll have you back later in the winter. Uh, as Robin is a vocalist in the band Thankful Soul Revival, and they play in the region. We'll have you back sometime great. about that. Thank you. But talk us you know, about how you're trying to connect your art with this great effort. Absolutely. So my artwork is inspired by nature, uh, it was inspired by a throwaway society, and so it started really, I'm a bit of a pack rat, but beachcombing and realizing there was more spark plugs on the beach than shells some days, right? And so I would 
gather these found objects and feel an obligation to do something with them and store them and catalog them away. And so I was inspired by Gaudí's work. Antonio Gaudí is a Spanish artist that did a lot of work with recycles and ceramics and glass. Um, so I started exploring stained glass. I started exploring um, just different ways of combining thrown away objects with natural objects to create an awareness of your litter is impacting our environment and bringing an attention to the nature around us and also giving people a way to connect with nature where I find acorns all the time, but how many people walk by and would never acknowledge or recognize it or who lives in a city that couldn't have it in their own right. presence. So giving people artwork that allows them to create a connection with something greater than them in the natural sense and a spiritual sense. Um, and it's, it's almost like a compulsive creativity where I'll find an object, I'll find a shell, and I know it is a butterfly wing. Or right. I'll find, you know, so it's, it's an intuitive process, too, for me that allows me to honor, uh, honor creativity in a way that's really just to create connections for others to feel. They're going to interpret it on their own. But I think it is important as an artist to at least highlight something that's important to me, which is our connection with nature and the environment and its well-being and balance. So uh, when your idea takes a form, does it end up sometimes as a wall hanging? Yeah. Is it an object that sits somewhere that people can have as an object? What forms do you? You're yes, smiling yes, yes, and yes, yes. Yeah, you can come down to the gallery and see. It's pretty eclectic. Uh -huh. So there's there's window pieces, there's wall hangings. I've got a series of greeting cards and cards, um, okay. witch bells, uh, door hangers, meditation boxes, discovery boxes. It's that there's a lot of different ways that I'm repurposing old boxes or crates or papers and um, it, so it is very broad spectrum as far as what what I'm coming up with right. um, but a lot of it is just commonly discarded items like jars or boxes or things that people really take for granted that we're throwing it away mm -hmm. into an environment that then has to live with it right, right? yeah and, and it's, it's a wonderful work that she does. It's, oh, yeah. it's very creative and uh, appealing. Thank yes. you. Thank you. So I want to mention a website. If you want to find out more about Swift Waters, how to join and maybe participate, or just go and check it out, all the information's there. Swiftwaters.org. So it's a real simple one, swiftwaters.org. Now, when someone like Robin joins, because when you go to the store, every nook and cranny has stuff. It's amazing. Everywhere you go, different levels, you walk around. How do you divvy it up in terms of how much space? Some people need vertical mm -hmm. space, right? Some yeah. people need like a nice tabletop. So how do you do that? Well, we try to give everybody an equivalent amount of space. And some, people, some people's work requires a bit more. Um, um, but we do have a variety of things to use, uh, uh -huh. shelves, cases, um, tables, walls floors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We use every bit. Hanging from the ceiling in some cases. Hanging from the ceiling, yes. Robin hangs from Indeed. the ceiling Indeed. sometimes. Indeed. <laughs> uh, okay, so one thing I want to mention before we close, this coming weekend is the second part of Artist Open Studios. They do this at a special time. They just did it last weekend after Thanksgiving. This is a great way to meet people who are artists in their home studios, in their homes, and they open their doors. If you go to the website, you can open up a map. It shows you how many artists are all around us, all over the region, near where you live. You can figure out where they live, what kind of art they do. Robin is part of the studios right now, and you are based, I believe you said, in Andover. Yes, sir. Right? But you go to the map, figure out where you are, bring some friends, check out the local art scene, support the arts, and the website is easy. Thank you, Susie Stalback. <laughs> Uh, it's AOSCT, Artist Open Studios, Connecticut, AOSCT.org. It's all there. This coming weekend is the 2nd and 3rd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So try to enjoy that season. And I wish you a good season ahead. Thank you for being here, Pat. Yeah, thank you, John. And we'll look forward to having you back maybe in the spring, see how things are going. And maybe later in the winter when you have a gig in the area, we'll talk more about live music. That would be wonderful. Thank you, John. Okay, great to have you both. Thank you.
Okay, we're going to take a short break here on the home front, and then we'll come right back and talk about Mansfield and stores and the idea of making that area an official cultural district. So stay with us. Okay. Cool. Okay. Thank Bravo. You. Good job. Bravo. Thank you. Pleasure. You did it, Pat. Fast. You did it. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot in. So you have to stay in touch now, so Absolutely. I know the timing. And the same yeah. for you, Pat. If you Thank have you. A, Thank you. Her name is Reverend Diane, and the other lady's name is Jerry. Okay, well, play another PSA. You got it, buddy. Okay. Okay. Grab those two seats in the left or right. Okay. Okay. So you have that note, Matt, that has the information? Um, I just wrote it down on my okay. paper. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I didn't. I'm glad you're here. I thought Cynthia was coming, so I wasn't aware. I'm not sure who Cynthia is. Cynthia Van Zelm was the contact that got you here from the Mansfield Downtown Partnership. This huh. is about. Uh, this is about what we thought we were here for is the Christmas Bazaar at Stores Congregational Church. Okay. Okay. I'll throw on another commercial, John. Okay. Okay. Very good. No problem. I have a show here. I have a show up there, and I usually book five or six interviews a week. Oh wow. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Keeps your brain going. It does. Yeah, for sure. And I'm yeah, in yeah. the springtime of my senility. Mm -hmm. So I have an extra, mm -hmm. I have extra talents here that are very hidden. And, and you Most want us to talk for about same. three hours today? Yeah. Is that what you're oh, thinking? yes. Uh -huh. I could bring a change of socks. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a family affair. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, right. Matthew. We've been doing this for a while. We'll be okay. <laughs> anyway, we, we have enough, uh, uh, I want to get the correct thing. I'm sorry. Danae, can I get the correct spelling for your last name again? S-E-A-B-O. Seaborn? Correct. Seaborn. Okay. Yep. And Diane? Yes. Okay. And this was Jerry? J-E-R-I. Jerry. Got it. Hepworth. Hepworth. H-E-P-W-O-R-T-H. And you're from the church? Yes. You're both. Okay. How long have you been actually with the church yourself now? Me? Yeah. Ooh. 35 years? Okay, okay. Been around for a Can while. Can I say on and off? On and off. That's good, <laughs> That's good for me. Like all of us. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are, it's there anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's all a matter of proximity. Mm -hmm. And this is your second year, now first year still, right? Still I started September 2022. 20, so I'm, okay. I just crossed the, fi right. the finish line of one okay. year. There you go. A while ago. Okay. Uh, 15 okay. seconds? 15 seconds. Nope. Another ad. That's okay. All right. We're good. Cool. And then after we're done, we'll do the musical interlude. I got that all queued up. And I'll also ask about a website, maybe, so you can let people know if you have any Facebook sure. or website stuff. Yeah, so you bet. So they can follow up, all right? Okay. Great. You bet. All right. Three, <clears throat> two, one. Okay, we're back live on the home front. Happy to have you with us. Our programs here are broadcast live on WILI AM 1495.3 FM. And we're also on YouTube. The radio station has a YouTube channel where you can catch our shows anytime. So in case you miss us live, it's a chance for you to get to know our guests and get their information whenever you can on any device. We're going to look at the Storrs Congregational Church right now. They have a special annual event coming up. And I'm very happy to have Reverend Diane Seaborn here with us. She joined the church just over a year ago, and we had a nice conversation about uh, the program I do at WECS shortly after she arrived. So it's very nice to have you here in another radio station. 
Yes, it's great to be here, John. Thank you. And we'll talk about your first year in a few moments. And we also have a long, uh, a, a longtime church member. Her name is Jerry Hepworth. She's here coordinating some of the bazaar this year, and she's been involved with the church for many years. So I know you've worked a long time to make this thing easy and smooth as possible. <laughs> Thank you for the work. So maybe a starting point is to give the information about the event and how people can follow your events during the year to stay, uh, to stay connected. Sure. Thanks so much for having us, John. We really appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about our church outreach because it is so important that we, um, we like to say that we like to take the church to the community. Um, of course, we love the community to come to the church. Of course. But it's... It's a both and, and this is an opportunity. This weekend is our annual Christmas Bazaar. It'll be Saturday from Saturday from 9 until 1, and then also Sunday from 11 to 1. I want to reiterate that we, all the proceeds from this benefit WAME, the fuel fund. So that's a really important piece for people to know that not only are they going to have the chance to find some treasures in our Christmas tag sales, delicious baked goods, (laughs) crafters, some vendors, uh, poinsettias and live centerpieces, all sorts of lovely things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and we have a long history of supporting WAME. All the fundraisers that we do, that those proceeds do not go back to the church. They go to area organizations. Yes. Um, there was a Walk for Warmth that Wayne sponsored just a couple of weeks ago, and I participated in that and learned even more about uh, the needs of so many folks in this area for, for energy assistance throughout the wintertime. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had Victoria on the program just mm-hmm. before the walk because she's retiring now mm-hmm. after many, many years of service. Uh, it's been a great organization of interfaith ministries together, many groups coordinating what little resources they have. And when you leverage it together, you can move a lot of things around when you're really smart with what you have. Uh, So how did you arrange to get people there? I mean, it's a way for people who are artists to share their work maybe once a year, twice. How do you arrange to get all these people there? And I guess it's too late for anybody else to join you, but how do you put Mm -hmm. it all together each year? Well, there is an army of volunteers. <laughs> There's, uh, this is a really joyous um, opportunity for people to come together. And we have, we have some people who work with the vendors. We have some people who make homemade soups. We have some people who collect uh, greens so that we can make all these fresh arrangements. We have people who um, I mean, bring wreaths, things of that wreaths nature, right? and mm-hmm. poinsettias right. and mm-hmm. yeah, all sorts of Christmas fun things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's, it's uh, as, as you said, Jerry, it's an army of volunteers. And what's kind of fun now is we've got new folks coming into the church who are excited and energized by that. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's intergenerational, which mm-hmm. is, you know, hard to find in a lot of places. You know, and in terms of cultural connections, it is. There is a loss sometimes. Or, or the older generation is worried about passing it on to whom. Right, right. right. You know, yeah. like the Grange. Think about the Grange. Agriculture, farming, that whole tradition. That was a lifeline. Mm -hmm. Now it's a questionable thing now, and you're trying to figure out how do you keep your history going. Right, exactly. Besides at the local grocery store. Right, right. Yeah, same thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for people who, you know, from a a church standpoint, people who um, might not be sure about worship services on Sunday morning, they can still get excited. It's an entry point for people. You know, it's volunteerism. It's giving back. Uh, they may not be a Sunday morning crowd, but they really are invested in, in helping out um, and finding a way and, to make a and difference. particularly, I think, in terms of justice. Yes. That, you yes. know, the idea that people are looking for meaning, particularly at this time. Yeah. Are there ways, what can I do to help when we mm-hmm. see the needs are so great? And there are small ways that everyone can help. Mm-hmm. And so we're very excited to offer this as a way for people to have that inclusion. And I'll add to that, Jerry, that um, we also have um, the SCC Food Pantry. And so that's another entry point for people to volunteer and really be making a difference locally. That's um, Our food pantry has has gone up exponentially in the number of families that we serve. And I don't want to get my figures wrong, but I think 
6,000 pounds of food that we've given away in the last... Every month. Every month. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the need is increasing. Um, so we are sort of from from different angles trying to address some of the social justice issues. Some are some are short term, but they are a step forward in helping to lift people, um, feed people, and um, keep people warm, and hopefully in our own way begin to help lift people from poverty. Yeah, the so-called social net has too many holes still. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's one thing I was going to ask you about. You know, this is a congregational church. And I think if I use the correct phrase, it's a just peace church mm -hmm. where you integrate the faith that you may celebrate occasionally in a gathering, but it's not ending when you leave the building. It connects to every day. And can you talk how that transition could be revolutionary? in a quiet way yeah. when people just look at it a little differently. Right, right. Um, well, again, SCC has a long history of being a social justice-oriented church, and several years ago, a number of congregants worked to establish it as a just peace church right. um, through the United Church of Christ, yeah. which is very outward-facing. Um, and, and so once that um, sort of took hold, it allows, it allows people, again, a different way of using that social justice muscle that, that you know, I would say it all flows from worship, amen, because I'm a reverend, but it allows people <laughs> to feel like they can make a difference in ways that work for them. So it might be calling your congressman about gun safety laws. Um, we have a group of folks in the church right now who um, have already shepherded um, an incarcerated person from being in prison to being in the community, helping him to get a job, helping him to get his license. Kind of re-entry, right? Re-entry. Right. And so now we have um, a second um, incarcerated person who has heard about this support that may be available. So we have a group of people coming together through Just Peace to figure out, okay, mm -hmm. how can we make a difference in a way that's sustainable for the congregation and meaningful for this this person who is who doesn't have resources and connections on the outside, quote unquote, at this point. So can we be that support for him? Um, and those are just two examples. We're sure. also very environmentally oriented. Um, we have a pollinator garden, which intersects with sort of just peace. Um, so, you know, you, you stay curious about ways you can make a difference. And I think just peace is all about that. You know, some other efforts in the area that have been really nice to have on the show is helping people from the neighbor fund to help people who are in the process of legal immigration, help with legal assistance, you know, how to get your documents, how to take care of your bank accounts to get established. And that's very awkward when you're in a new place, you know, yes. a new culture, a new language. So there are groups doing that. Also, the stores, I'm sorry, the Mansfield Center Church is doing a lot with the IRIS organization which is helping with people from Afghanistan and I believe Iraq trying to immigrate here and helping them find a home. So they're connecting faith in that way and that's everyday life now in action. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's not a bad idea for people who are curious about how to make a difference, whether you are, um, whether you are Christian or a Muslim or, you know, look into an area house of worship, give a call and see how that house of worship is is trying to make a difference, if, if that's the angle you're interested in, because I think a number of um, communities of faith around here are trying to make a difference. And right now, we're we're in a world that's really hurting and in need of, of um, healing. Yeah. And I think the sad thing, it's hard to talk about without getting sarcastic or cynical, is how religion is being misused as a weapon. How people are turning weapons, uh, turning words into weapons in the name of a third entity, and then people that aren't sure of their own faith then begin to doubt. Mm -hmm. it, it's a negativity, but seeing it in action every day kind of puts it in its place because, well, that's a theoretical debate, but that's not everyday life. And how do you separate? Well, yeah. right? I think we couldn't agree more with what you're trying to say there. Yeah. And one of the things that w our church has done, as have many, is we have done a whole project many years ago to become open and affirming. Mm -hmm. And open and affirming means mm -hmm. open and affirming to all people. Yeah. To, and it means following however you follow, whether you follow Jesus, whether you follow other prophets, whether mm -hmm. you, but following those messages, not the messages that are not about love. <laughs> yeah, some right. interconnection. Mm -hmm. 
something inside mm -hmm. all of them, right? Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the way, if you're listening to us on the radio, I just want to mention again, we're speaking with Reverend Diane Seaborn and Jerry Hepworth from the Storrs Congregational Church. They have a special holiday bazaar coming up this weekend. Now, one thing I mentioned, Diane, when you first came is that you've just celebrated just over a year now in Storrs, and you came to us, I believe, from Massachusetts. Yes, from the Boston area. The Boston area. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I, you know, I wondered if you could look back on your first year, uh, how it's been, and what was your expectations versus what you encountered, and how have things been for your first time in a very busy time for everybody? Yeah, I mean, it's been wonderful. I came from the suburbs, so here I am in a little more rural farmland Indeed. area. The quiet corner. A, the quiet <laughs> corner. Um, it was sort of fun to to be learning about area restaurants, I would ask someone, oh, where's a good place to eat? Well, there's this place, it's only 45 minutes away. What, 45 minutes? Um, <laughs> no and now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's been fun to explore the area and um, take a drive and get to know the people. I have to say that, um, you know, to the person, I, I've just met so many friendly, down-to-earth, grounded people. Um, we've joined the local community center, so we go there and right. get connected there. Um, and I've just been, the, the flock of the church um, has really welcomed me, and um, I'm learning a lot about UConn basketball. I'm kind of sweating a little bit because I have a lot to learn, but that's an important thing I'm trying to learn. Um, but it's, it's really been a wonderful year. A whirlwind, but a wonderful year. And, John, may yeah. I just add a little bit? As a congregant, I would could speak for so many of our people that we're so happy to have Pastor Diane here. That there is a joy that she brings that um, is contagious. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's a good fit. And I wonder, Jerry, I was going to ask you while we have a minute or two, since you've had 35 years of connection here, have you noticed any changes either in the congregants or the needs that you've seen, or any changes. 35 years is a good chunk of time to notice. It's, you know, you know well, some people come and they leave here, they don't right, stay. Right, I don't want to pretend that I'm um, knowledgeable about this. There are so many people in our church who have been really more um, faithful than I have been, I, right. I must say. So I have come and gone at different times. Of course, um, but just as a long-time resident. As a long-time resident, yeah. I would say that the um, the church itself right now is in a is in a great um, time of growth and focus on um, making sure that it's not seen. I, I would say maybe many years ago it was seen as a little bit a little bit closed. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of a New England families have been here all the time. People right. have to sit in their same pews. You know, kind of protected. And I think yeah. that has drastically changed now. People move around. People yeah. uh, welcome each other. Yeah. There's, you know, it's it's noticeable. Yeah, and, and just in my short time, I think what's really important to the congregation is being an outward-facing mm -hmm. church that's connected to the community. Um, you know, it, I think if you're going to be a church in a community, you, you need to accompany the, the folks and, and help um, and help make meaning for them, what, whatever those needs are, to, to be attentive and be listening. Um, so that, I agree with you. I think that those changes, they're ups and downs. Sure. Churches are in a different place now. Yeah, that's part of life. That's part of life. You know, it's, yeah. it's what happens when you're busy making other plans. It's one of those things, right? <laughs> that's right. I guess I would add that part of um, the joy and the specialness of this unique congregation, I think, is the music ministry also, mm. that we have, um, you know, a very active music program that isn't, that, that, that takes risks, mm. and that's, uh, those risks are appreciated. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Dr. Trisha Snyder has been um, the director of our music ministry for some time, and she's, um, she really loves to explore and try new things, mm -hmm. and it shows. Well, it's great for her to have a safe space to experiment as well, because you don't always have that safe space. That's true. Say, That's oh, true. Yeah, I hear about that here on the show. Right, mm -hmm. right. So, again, this special gathering is this weekend is the annual bazaar. It's Saturday from 9 to 1 and Sunday from 11 to 1. 
uh, this weekend. And if someone wanted to stay more connected, could you share any website or Facebook ways people can learn more about, especially your community projects that are ongoing after the holidays, yeah. year-round? Yeah, you yeah. bet. We're at www.storeskongchurch.org. So that's the best place to go is, is the website, and you can get to Facebook and Instagram from there. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for the good work and for being here today and for everything you're doing in the community to add to life. And I wish you a great weekend ahead and a good holiday season. Well, thank you so much for having us. Okay. Really appreciate the conversation. Thank you, John. Take yeah. care of yourselves. And we'll take a short break. We're going to have a musical break now from Jonathan King. And then we're going to come back and talk about the Wyndham Regional Arts Council with Kathy Shires. We'll send this one out to Elon Musk. It's called Everyone's Gone to the Moon. of people all alone roads full of houses never home church full of singing out of tune everyone's gone to the moon Full of sorrow, never wait. Hands full of money, all in debt. Sun coming out in the middle of June. Everyone's gone to the moon. Long time ago, life had begun. Everyone went to the sun. Hearts full of motors, painted green. Mouths full of chocolate, covered cream. That can only lift a spoon. Everyone's gone to the moon. Everyone's gone to the moon. Everyone's gone to the moon. Okay, everyone's gone to the moon. Hope you enjoyed that one from Jonathan King. You don't get to hear that on the radio that much, but a nice melody and a nice lyric for these complicated times. Well, for the last part of the show, we're going to open it up for two guests to have a good things about this coming weekend. We have Kathy Shires to my far right. She's the president of the Wyndham Regional Arts Council, known as RAC. They have a special music event coming up this weekend. And sitting next to me, I'm very happy to have Cynthia Van Zelm back in the studio. I've had her on the program occasionally over the years. She's the executive director of the Mansfield Downtown Partnership, and they're undertaking a major project to try to create a cultural district in Storrs Mansfield that's a nice fusion of the arts and our local economy and culture. Some of these are happening now in Connecticut, and they're trying to have one happen right here up the road. And we'll talk about that. There's a meeting next Tuesday, December 5th in Storrs, and we'll talk about that so you can get involved and find out this larger effort. And we're happy to have you both here to share the news. Nice to be here. So let's start out briefly, though, with Kathy. She has an event coming up immediately on December 3rd. It's a very special annual event with the youth and music together. So what's the good news? Yes, so the good news is, John, thanks for having me and of both of us tonight. Um, so it, this is the 37th annual Young Artist Music Competition. That's a long time, and we've, we've been at it every year with this. This yes. is our probably premier event of the year. It, it, it requires the most 
effort and uh, you know we've done a good job putting together 16 participants this 16. year wow. for and it's a variety of um, wind instruments stringed instruments piano and vocalists um, so it's going to be the afternoon of December 3rd this Sunday at the uh, Burton Levitt Theater home of the Wyndham Theater Guild. That's a great space yeah, for kids Yeah, great to space. Have. Yeah. You know, nice. It's comfortable. It's relaxed uh, for families. The I should mention this. The public is invited. That's why we're here, so, too. Yes. So, you know, if you want and to see the future of what I call the chairs in the orchestra seats, <laughs> the, right. the, the, the people filling those chairs, this is your chance to see the, these fabulous musicians at all levels, and the, the grade levels are age, uh, grade 7 to grade 12. And so we're really uh, proud of that we sponsor this really unique event, oh, yeah. um, and it's an opportunity for uh, these kids to earn prize, uh, cash awards for their prizes, uh, for, the, yeah. you know, for the most superlative performances, and um, the... Uh, the grand prize winner will get to uh, be, appear as guest soloist with the Willimantic Orchestra in a spring 2024 concert. We'll talk about that later. Sure. Yeah. But that's awesome for them to get up there in front of people and play. That's like a life event because we've talked you know i've talked to kathy and other artists when you get a kid when they're very young it's for life then they've had an early chance to figure out if they find a connection maybe it's i like to blow a wind instrument mm -hmm. or i like to bang maybe i like to play a guitar right. something you figure out and you open the door right that's what you're talking about for young people exactly right and you know it's it, we encourage you know because it's live and so right. many, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, competitions going around the country, really around the world. And especially this has been since COVID, it's, a lot of them have gone virtual. That's so right. So the student can submit a, a nice performance, but uh, they get a do-over, you know, where this is live. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, the, you know, if there's, you make a mistake, you make a mistake. We have a compassionate panel of judges sure. who will encourage them to go forward, you know, with their performance. Uh, but in the virtual world, there's always, there's always a chance for a do-over that yes. they don't get in this live setting. That's right. Yeah. Because even pros make mistakes all the time. They just don't make a big deal out of it. They just right. go right on. They don't draw attention to it. Most times, people don't really notice it unless somebody falls out of their chair or something, yeah, right? It, it, That's yeah. right, exactly. Uh, also, could you share your website? Because you do shows during the year. They have the hospital gallery going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so the best way to stay in touch is the website. The website uh, is Wyndham Rack. W -R, uh, so it's WyndhamRAC.org. Right. So okay. um, we're easy to find on there, and it's a nice-looking website right now. It's a little taken up with the uh, registrations for the uh, for the music competition, which actually registrations have closed. Right. But um, we also have news about our uh, art shows in the hospital, and we do have another one for December, opening this coming Monday. Excellent. Uh, a group show uh, called the Small and Affordable uh, Art for the Holidays sale and so um, uh, any sold artwork from that uh, a portion will benefit the uh, Wyndham Hospital Foundation Very so nice. so it's a there's going to be a large variety of different paintings photography uh, for yeah. display and sale and it's all on the smaller side and hence affordable that's right. And it's a way to keep money local. That's, that's so important to keep money local whenever you can. And you're supporting the arts, which is part of the fabric of what we're doing all the time here. Exactly. And we yeah. owe a lot of thanks to um, the, 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 the group at uh, Wyndham Hospital for continuing to promote this and uh, have this go on. Uh, it's monthly, but this month it happens to be a group show, which is a really nice thing. Right. So we have plenty of time left. I want to bring Cynthia in now because this is a conversation that I'm really happy about. Next Tuesday is a very special meeting that's part of this process. And I'd like you to explain something that's happening statewide is people are, are looking at this as an option. How do they prepare to plan? And what resources are available to help people not necessarily reinvent the wheel? 
in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the vision for what people are trying to realize with the our local economy right here? Sure, yeah. So just a little bit of background on cultural districts in Connecticut. So yeah. this was um, something that was created as part of the legislature, um, I'm sorry, as part of legislation and is uh, being run through the Office of the Arts at the right. state. Mm -hmm. And um, it happened right before COVID hit and there are a couple of communities including New London, Torrington, uh, Ridgefield, a couple of others that have already created cultural districts. Norwalk maybe, I think? Uh, Nor is Norwich is looking into Norwich. it. Norwich is They're working on it. it. They're right. working on it, exactly. Right. Um, Stonington actually is also working on it. So um, this was a, a, or is a project of our Economic Development Commission in Mansfield. And so we're just at the beginning stages, John, to try to decide if this is something that we want to do. So we have a series of three community input sessions. Uh, we held one in mid-November and had about 25 folks there from all different aspects of the arts. So um, that was really great to see a cross section. And nice. then we'll do our next one, as you mentioned, on Tuesday, December 5th from 7 to 8. It'll be in the um, Audrey P. Beck building, the uh, town hall in the council chambers, if anybody wants to attend. Uh, we do have an RSVP if people want to sign up, which is uh, at the Cultural Coalition yes. website, which is our um, organization we're working with, and that is cultureseect.org. Um, and it, it says it's Southeast Connecticut, but they have also ventured into Northeast right. Connecticut in the last couple of years. So it's the um, Cultural Coalition. We've had them on many times. They're, they're an arts resource for the whole eastern half of the state for all kinds of arts activities, including new arts economic activities like this. CultureSECT.org. If you don't know, go to the website. There's lots of resources there for you. Yeah, yeah they're a great organization. We've yeah. been really happy to work with them. When you had the first gathering before Thanksgiving, were there any surprises with 25 people? I'm sure there was a lot of stuff flying <laughs> around the room. Were you surprised by anything or was anything confirmed? Well, I think it was confirmed that there seems to be interest. I think one of the things that we have to, the group, whatever the group is, has to determine where it is if we decide to move forward. Um, and certainly the, the goal of the Office of the Arts is that it be walkable. And so there's some discussion, well, what is walkable? Could that also be bikeable? Uh -huh. Do you have one district or more than one district? I believe New London has two districts. So mm. there's an option to do that as well. Um, so I think also one of the things that came out of this is trying to encourage um, more young people to be involved and come to the meetings. So. Uh, we had some folks there that are going to bring their friends. We hope either in um, either next week or in January we have one more session uh, Wednesday, January 17th from 530 to 630, also in the town hall in Mansfield. Right. Now, when you look at the next year, looking ahead for the old crystal ball, <laughs> you've had some sessions to get input from as many people as can make it. But is there a vision of any process for... Uh, having a plan ready for possible state support later in the year? Or is there any vision of where the conversations may take the next step? Yeah, so what the goal, the way that this, this typically works is you get local buy-in to establish the cultural district, and then you go to the state to get buy-in at that point. So the location is a key piece of it, and um, how it will benefit the community, um, you have a whole application process if you get to the state level. So there has to be an entity that is either one that we already have, for instance, if it was part of the Economic Development Commission, but would have to have arts folks on whatever that entity is. Right, to connect um, to the arts, right? To, exactly. Right. Um, so it's it's a several-month-long process to, to actually get to the final stage. And we're lucky enough that we're not the guinea pigs, so we can look to the other yeah. uh, communities in, in Connecticut that have done this. So um, so we'll, we'll see where we are after three sessions. And if there seems to be support, we'll keep moving through the step-by-step step -step process. When you look at some of the other cities that have had more time to go farther down the road, uh, are there any ideas or visions you saw that could connect here where people can take the idea of a cultural district, which is kind of abstract in a way, it's not a real clear visual image, you know, to make it tangible, to kind of give people an idea of what it feels like if I could see it. 
those kind of brainstorm things. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I haven't looked at all the, the applications thoroughly, but I think the fact that we want to connect, we have to sort of look widely at what the arts are, so not to be sort of tied into maybe traditionally what it is, mm -hmm. and then look at how are our businesses benefit, benefiting from it. So, you know, if they say we're in a cultural district, it's a tourist, it's a tourist attraction to say we are in the district and we mm -hmm. have, for instance, the Ballard, and we also have a international plethora of restaurants, especially in downtown stores, sure. throughout Mansfield. So yep. that's a part of it too. What is right. our what is our culture in the community to continue to promote? Right. And also what we have already established is kind of further networked in a larger network of similar efforts. So you have a couple of major places to go for everybody to find out. So they're trying to build it, I guess, from the bottom up, you might say. Each town doing its own version based on what's there. No cookie cutters don't because they don't work. True. True. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. And how about issues of changing populations, demographics, things do shift. Here in Storrs Mansfield, the school is a dominant influence. There are people that are here forever, and people come and go because of their lives and their programs. That's kind of fluid in a way. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that might impact planning when part of the core is fluid and part of it's kind of steady? Yeah, we, um, you know, UConn is, is a critical piece of this. So we yeah. got buy-in from the UConn School of Fine Arts very early on and actually have a representative from the School of Fine Arts who's our conduit between what's going on at sure. UConn. So That's hopefully, um, you know, she'll be able to connect the dots um, with, with, you know, the variety of different things that we have that are either privately or publicly, whether it's the town of Mansfield, we mm -hmm. have Nolan Art Community School of the Arts, we have, you know, several things going on culturally um, in the town as well. Right, right. Okay, well, I hope you got the idea. We have some good things happening you can connect to. And I want to mention again, I want to thank Cynthia Van Zelm for being here. Uh, the, the session is Tuesday, December 5th, next Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. in the council chambers at the town of Mansfield town hall january 17th after they have the second session we'll try to get cynthia or some people back maybe february to see what the input was what came in the door and where they might be planning ahead but it's a great opportunity and i've been following it with the arts commission in some ways to have it happen here would be a great opportunity so i wish you a good holiday season and success and we'll have you back you as well Thank you, John. And also, Kathy Sharps, thank you again. We have you here several times a year. Sure. The website is WyndhamRackRAC.org. I wish you a good turnout this Saturday. Sunday. Sunday, yep. Sunday afternoon, <laughs> yeah, that's right? It. Yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, we wish you a good season as well. Yes, and yeah, thank you so much for having us tonight. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for sharing your time with us. I can see from Matt our time is running out, so we'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Keep the faith.